the 60s, the decade that saw Woodstock, the civil rights movement and the moon landings. The Beatles, the Rolling Stones and Jimi Hendrix were all in the charts. A decade of innovation in technology and science, which can be seen in society and in F1. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Unqualifying Sessions with me, Amy. And on this lovely Sunday in which this is going out as we have no Formula One due to summer break, so I thought I'd keep you entertained on a Sunday instead, um, we're talking about the 60s. I'm giving you a history, kind of like what we did with the 50s. I have changed the format slightly. Instead of telling you everything in a chronological order, I've kind of picked out the best bits and some facts which I thought really interesting but don't worry I will tell you who won each year at the end of the episode. Now the 60s was a turning point in Formula One and we saw huge strides in technology and safety. The cars underwent multiple changes throughout the decade. Much like today there was almost a competition on who made the best upgrades. This was particularly seen in the 1968 championship. Wings on F1 car were introduced and can essentially shape the car's aerodynamics. By the season's end, most cars had wings, with teams trying to outdo each other with the innovation and sophistication of the wing design. Now, the 60s also saw multiple engine changes. In 1960, we saw the last use of the 2.5-litre formula and the beginning of the end of the front-engine cars. In 1960s, in 1960 even, teams such as Lotus, BRM and Porsche moved to rear engine cars, which began to outperform the front engine car. Actually, this was the last year a front engine car with Cooper won a championship. By 62, 1.5 litre formulas were used before another change in 66, which saw the introduction of the 3 litre formula. This had maximum engine capacity. It completely doubled from previous years. And speaking of engines, the historic and iconic Cosworth was introduced in 1967 in Monaco. They had technically been in F1 as an engine manufacturer in circa 1963, but this was under the name of Ford. Cosworth had a little bit, well, were kind of involved in a little bit of a debacle, I suppose. This was primarily due to the DFV engine. In 1967, Lotus was the only team to use the DFV engine. But in 1968, they lost their exclusive right to use this. This meant other teams such as McLaren were able to use the engine and did quite well with it actually. This decade, we also saw drivers become constructors. The first was Jack Brabham in 1962. And he would actually go on to win his third and final championship in 1966 with his own car. He also won the Constructors' Championship with this too. As of today, Brabham is the only driver to ever win the World Championship in a car carrying his own name. It's also the first time in the World Championship, dating back to 1950, that a non-European or British car had actually won this which I thought was absolutely crazy. 
Now, following on from Brabham, we also saw Dan Gurney with his team Anglo-American Racers Enters and Constructor in 1966. The same year, we also saw Bruce McLaren with his team Bruce McLaren Motor Racing. Now known as McLaren Racing, this team has been in the sport ever since and is the second oldest team in Formula 1 only to Ferrari and is one of the most successful teams in the 70-year history. Now, one area which I found really fascinating when taking a look at the 60s is this is the first time we actually saw unrestricted sponsorship. Now, this was first seen in 1968 and was done by Team Gunston, who were a South African privateer team. They essentially painted their cars, or like their livery, as we would say, um, in the colours of their sponsor, which was Gunston Cigarettes. Then I believe the next race, or like one or two races afterwards, Lotus would do something similar. They painted Graham Hill's car in the colours of Imperio's Tobacco's Golden Leaf, which I believe was like red, white and gold, I think. So I thought that was such an interesting fact. Like you see Formula One cars today and probably ever since then, the cars have got so much sponsorship in it and it was first seen in 1968. Very interesting. Now, safety was a huge, huge talking point, And by the end of the decade, specific measures were put into place to help protect the drivers and also the spectators. Now, compared to the safety measures that we see today, it's uh, not quite as sophisticated, but steps were made to help with the issues. Because unfortunately, in the 50s and 60s, we saw crashes that severely injured or tragically killed drivers and spectators, including Jim Clark and Wolfgang von Tripps. Now, Jackie Stewart became a huge advocate for driver safety during this decade and thereafter. He unfortunately was involved in a massive, massive crash at the 1966 Belgian Grand Prix. He was trapped under his car for roughly 25 minutes with with the car leaking fuel all around him. Drivers Graying Hill and Bob Bondurant, who had crashed at a corner nearby, had gotten out, obviously were out of the race and had to use a spectator's toolkit to free Stewart. By 1969, genuine safety measures were put in place at the tracks. We actually also saw the Barcelona track, which was the first one to completely use Armco line to help protect the safety. And the drivers actually boycotted the Belgian Grand Prix this year. In the 1969, for clarity, Jackie Stewart did an inspection of the track and essentially deemed it unsafe. Stewart demanded changes to be made, but the track owners refused due to the additional costs. So the drivers boycotted the race and it was eventually cancelled. However, by 1970, Spa had added Armco to certain parts of the track. So they obviously wanted to have the Formula One racing back for them. Okay, so that was essentially a quick overview. I'm going to go to a little part that I like to call F1 Fast Facts, even though I don't know how fast these facts will actually be. But these are little facts that I found really interesting throughout the decade um, that kind of didn't really have an awful lot more explaining apart from Here's an interesting fact. So, 
if you want to impress your friends and family, here's some Econ Fast Facts for you. So, 1960 was the last year to feature the Indian Indianapolis 500 as part of the calendar. Ricardo Rodriguez, at age 20 years old and 123 days, that's very important, became the youngest driver to ever score championship points. And this was actually a record that stood for 38 years until Jensen Button, aged 20 years and 67 days, broke it at the 2000 Brazilian Grand Prix. Due to a long industrial walkout, Ferrari lost a lot of its engineering team in 1961. We then saw Enzo Ferrari leading the team a year later in 1962. 1963 Jim Clark won seven races in a season. This was not actually equaled until Alain Prost in 1984. In 1967 Holm became the first of only two drivers to win a championship with no pole positions. The only other driver to do this was Nicky Lauda in 1984. Holm is actually the only New Zealander to win the Drivers' Championship so far. In 1969, a moment was made that would be to be remembered. Be to be remembered? That was a lot. Al Pease became the first and only driver to get disqualified from a championship for driving too slow. Okay, so this is the part where I'm gonna tell you about the championship winners in chronological order. So if you want to be like Sebastian Vettel in that like Grill the Grid episode from last year, where he literally names every single world championship winner, which is absolutely mental. You can be like him because I'm about to tell you who won in the 60s. You have to wait until the other episodes to find out who won for the other years. But by the end of it, you would be able to know. Okay, so first winner of the decade is Mr. Jack Brabham. Then Phil Hill, the first American to actually win the championship. Graham Hill, Jim Clark, John Surtees, Jim Clark again, Jack Brabham again. Denny Holm, first New Zealander and only so far. Graham Hill and in 1969, Jackie Stewart won the world championship. So that was essentially the 60s in a little nutshell. Um, I thought it was just a little bit more interesting than going through year by year because some years quite a bit happened and some years not an awful lot happened. Um, we did see some like quite contested years. So what I might do is I have got a bit more information about each year. So I might, would this be interesting? I don't know. I'm kind of thinking out loud. I might try and put this maybe and more of a history of what goes on per year, maybe, because I was thinking of doing this anyway, of maybe making like a little blog post, so if you want to know a little bit more in depth about each year, rather than hearing me drone on for like half an hour about, this is what happened in 1961, you can read it, and it's a little bit more easy to see, and you don't have to listen to me drone on for too long. Um, but yeah, that was essentially the 60s. Next time we move on to the 70s. And then, ne yeah, next week could be the 70s. Then, it'll be the 80s. No way, it'll be 70s, 80s. And then Formula One is back. Oh my God, how exciting. Even though I might do a bit of a, a bit of a silly season roundup 
at one stage because it's all kicked off. You might get two episodes in one week. How how exciting. Um, because it's all been a little bit crazy, but the craziness has also died down a little bit. Not a lot, but just a little bit. And then um, pre-warning, warning, warning, warning. Uh, obviously, I... Well, it's not obvious, actually, to you but um I'm away for a bit in September so you won't get some recaps I do apologize so it will be some more history of Formula One um and then I might do a big recap when I've caught up with everything um when I get back off of my holidays because um yeah I don't know it's I'm not going to be recording whilst on holiday is basically what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way um but yes so I look forward to seeing a few more histories um or Formula One um I'll try and put together like a bit of a blog post hopefully in the next couple of weeks of all of the what happened year by year for you if you're interested I'll also put some links in the description um to be fair most of this has come out through just general googling and looking on Formula One website, obviously Wikipedia also has some a lot of information on there too. So, um, but again, I'll link anything that I used in the description. But I think the most two were the actual Formula One website and Wikipedia were like kind of the main two. I mean, if you're just trying to find out who's won won the years and the decades, Wikipedia is ah oh, amazing. Anyway, um that's all for me i hope you're enjoying your sunday without formula one if you're in europe i hope you're dealing with the crazy heat wave okay because it's it's pretty hot not gonna lie and until the next week yeah next week have a lovely time and i will see you in the next one 